Welcome to Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions with hosts Shannon Reynolds of Visionary Creative Concepts and Branding and Jared L. White, the man behind the creative brand Tim K. Unlimited. Together, they are the co-creators of the Not Your Enemy Collections. The Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions are a forum to continue conversations amongst Black artists, creatives, and cultivators. We are excited for you to join our conversation. This is Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions. This is your girl, Shannon. I'm here with the amazing Mr. Jared O'White. How you doing? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm tired. You know, that's just how I feel. It's been a long-ass week, Shannon, but I'm so happy to be here with you today. Such a cool episode that we have lined up. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, so we have something very special, someone very special to me. He is a systems engineer for the Navy. He is um, an owner of three restaurants, um, Culture, I'm not going to say the full names, Culture, um, Cork and Co., and Canvas uh, Social Cuisine. He's a father of two. two. He's a father of two. He is an inspiration to me on many different levels. And he happens to be my brother. Hi, Larry. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, You know, you are my big brother, so I could shoot the shit with you all day if I wanted to. Um, I wanted wanted to have you on just because you're doing, you know, major things. Like I said, you are an inspiration to me. But the first question that we ask anybody that comes on this podcast is, um, how has the current social climate impacted you? Uh, It's definitely impacted me uh, in terms of uh, just normal operations for business and everything else. Um, But I also think that this is an opportunity that everyone... Uh, kind of was given to kind of think outside the box and push you to your limits, you know, kind of make you think outside of what the normal regime is in terms of business and, and how to operate and how to function. Um, and then just how do you balance everything, you know, because with the social climate and everything going on, I had no idea that you were running all the computers at the Navy. I didn't know that. And, and then you have all these businesses. How do you, you know, balance all of that? Uh, it's definitely a juggling act. <laughs> uh, I'm not the best with time management, and I, I tend to get lost in, in, in the sauce in terms of, like, you know, when I'm working on something, I kind of get hesitant. Um, one of the things I, uh, I I struggle with, I've learned to try to delegate responsibilities, and that's kind of helped me out a lot. I've uh, hired, like, an assistant to kind of help out with things. And I've uh, had to actively um, go out and look for and hire people to manage uh, my venues and my businesses that, I, that I'm not able to do all the time. I like to be more hands-on myself, but unfortunately, um, due to COVID and me trying to balance so many different acts, uh, it, it just, it's a lot easier. You, sometimes you got to pay a little bit more money to make a little bit more money, if that makes any sense. That makes a lot. That's facts right there. That makes a lot of sense. So what's, what's, you know, we talk all the time, but like, what's your advice for somebody starting out that wants to do investments that wants to, you know, open restaurants and bars and things like that? What's your advice for them? Uh, Number one is don't ever uh, let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. Um, 
the biggest thing, the biggest hurdle that I had to overcome when I first started this. Um, Culture Lounge is a club, and this is my third club that I've owned. Um, I've moved basically from city to city. Um, and then uh, I've planted my roots in the downtown area where I am now, the, in, in the, in, it's called Norfolk, Virginia. And uh, I love Norfolk because of the, 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 the diversity and just the funk space, like our major downtown area for Virginia. But I would say never take no for an answer. When people tell you no, that doesn't mean no. There's always a solution. There's always a way around it. So that's the biggest obstacle I've had to learn over the over the course of years. When somebody says no, it's not the final answer. Yeah. Hey, so make hey, sure you hey. always fight. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. No, I was just saying make sure, you know, just always always look for alternate solutions, man. No is never a, a final answer. Can you can you talk about like owning a club? Because like I've always that's always been like one of my like dreams growing up. Because it always looks so sexy, so fancy, and so like <laughs> so fun. You know, can you talk about you know what that experience like? Because I know it's not so sexy, so fancy, and so fun. But can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So uh, in my twenties, when I was in my 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 early twenties or my mid twenties, I'll say my, my in twenty thirteen we got our first club, and um, it was fun, man. I'm not going to lie to you. It was fun. I mean, just being realistic, you know, you have access to alcohol. You know, you can let women skip lines, you know, just from a male perspective. You know, I got to, hey, she's good. She's with me. You know, you get to bring a, a nice, pretty young lady with you into a VIP section, make her feel like she's royalty. As a result, you know, she loves you. And, you know, just different types of things, man. You have the experience. Like, you are the VIP. Like, you you, you call the shots. You tell security what to do when to do it, you know, your bar, your staff, whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's a life. Now that I'm almost 40 in my late thirties, man, I just, it's a struggle for me to stay awake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got it. It's a real job now. It's not the glitz and the glamor anymore. You know, I can't drink like I used to anymore. I can't, you know, back then I could drink and what, next morning wake up and go for a, a 10 mile run. I drink too much now. I'm out for two days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's got pros and cons, man. You know, it's uh, like you said, the sexiness is all there, the appealing, the lifestyle. Uh, it, it it takes a toll on your your private life, though. Um, you know, it's hard to, you know, you always you, you might meet someone, but it's hard to really get in a serious relationship or, or you know maintain a serious relationship when you're in a, in that life that lifestyle. So, can we talk from a business aspect of um, bar versus restaurant? Because I know we've talked talked about it just in, in investments and you know the insurances you have to take and the different kind of steps you have to take for a bar versus a restaurant and maybe why um it it's it's better to do both um okay so uh club i, I thought club was was hard club is not hard restaurants are hard right um i've leveraged uh our sister, Elise's knowledge many on many occasions uh, for her expertise in the restaurant business. Um, the club, so I, I'm, I'm gonna be just honest with you. Everyone steals, right? It's a matter of, it's a level of acceptance that you have to, to, to be willing to accept or endure. Uh, example, a bartender will overpour a drink to get a bigger tip, that's stealing. You're, you're taking the liquor that my product and paying point more so you can get an additional tip when really that should be going into the cash drawer, right? Um, as far as a bar, um, I thought, you know, I, I, you have to be active because they will rob, people will essentially rob you blind, right? 
with the restaurant, same exact thing, right? But it's not as bad in a restaurant. Uh, restaurant turnover is is crazy. It's ridiculous. I, I mean, people, uh, you might take your time and hire a chef, train him up, and then he quit the next day for a job that pays him a dollar more. But he'll never tell you that. You know, it's just the turnover is crazy. Uh, there's, there's a lot more um, liability with the club mm-hmm. than there is with uh, a restaurant. You know, someone gets shot, hurt, beat up. You know, they always come to you. I've been I've been sued at least 20 times. I've only had to do one payout my whole life. And that was because a girl was drunk and she was walking downstairs and she fell downstairs drunk. You know, she was wearing heels. Uh, but, you know, I've been sued a million times. People getting drunk, driving. I mean, I can't control that, you know. Um, we try to do the best we can um, to try to mitigate those those types of things, but you're never going to have a hundred percent solution. So, in short, business from business point of view, a club is easy <laughs> compared to a restaurant. Uh, also, okay. I wait. You broke up a little bit, so I'm going to wait till you pause. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. Driving through a wooded area. I yeah. <laughs> um. So when you talk about just the bar, what can you talk about mistakes or missteps? Because you know, like that's important for growth. Like everybody has to go through certain bumps in the road to get to the other side. And you know, you're you've been successful in this for years. You know, to have three people can barely withstand having a half of a business and you've been able to have three but I, I know along the way there have been some challenges can you talk a little bit about that um <clears throat> uh, mistakes have to happen in order for you to have success um i've, I've come across a lot, i've made a lot of mistakes uh you know in terms of just uh operations in terms of setting things up you know in terms of structure uh you're, I don't expect to get things on the first shot. You know, we just opened up a restaurant this week, and although I've experienced this now, I expected to have mistakes. I expected to not set set something up the right way in terms of you know the, the structure, the flow of things. Not putting the registers, you no know, something as simple as not putting the registers in a in a great location because now it's harder for the staff to get to the register. It takes that much more time to you know service people. Um, mistakes are 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 definitely a must. You have to have mistakes in order to have success. Um, uh, I've made mistakes, like I said, in terms of, you know, just paying people, making sure I go through the right processes to do taxes and do things the right way. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a part of growth, like you're saying. Um, I, I can't really think of any perfect <laughs> any mistakes right now example like i said the register system i just did that at the new restaurant i put them in a horrible location i didn't think about it prior to doing it and it it, it takes the staff that much more time to service people and they're saying it's because the rest the, the pos systems are not in the right location had i moved them slightly over about 20 10 feet over to the right they said it would have been a better location because they can go right into it and come right back out so little simple things like that i mean it's, it's part of the growth process and I wouldn't even think about things like that in the restaurant. I'm just like, it's a cash register. It's a cash register. You thought the same thing. <laughs> Apparently, it saves them that much more time. <laughs> so, can we talk about um, the new restaurant, Canvas? Um, this is your third one. You are having a soft opening this weekend, November 21st, right? 
Uh, we actually pushed it up and we did it Thursday. Okay. It, is that because of the pandemic? Uh, everything's because of the pandemic these days, yeah. but uh, it's more so because, uh, uh, to be completely honest with you, rent is due in a couple of weeks. Next week is Thanksgiving, so we need to try and get all the money we can. You know, we've we've been paying rent on a space that we've had since January, right? Out of pocket, and it's more the rent is more expensive than both my locations, other locations put together. So I just don't want to keep paying out of pocket. <laughs> okay, are you um, finding just with everything getting a little bit a little hairy with the um, with the outbreaks again, and you know, you live in Virginia, so there's, I mean, snow happens, but are you kind of planning for that? Is there still going to be outdoor, like, is there outdoor seating? Like, how are you guys maneuvering with the new, like, mandates and stuff like that? Uh, we do have outdoor seating. Uh, the mandates, they they regularly come and check on us right. uh, in the area that I'm in. I have health inspectors come out at 11, 12 at night um, just to make sure that we're, we're sticking to the guidelines. Um, it's pick and choose at this point in terms of, uh, who they who they bother mm -hmm. um but yes um we do have outdoor seating uh the city has been a tremendous help they've uh, provided um all the small businesses with patio space or makeshift patios by turning street parking into patios um and they have just recently uh signed a bill that we are all getting space heaters uh awesome so they're giving out space heaters to people unfortunately i i couldn't wait on them so i went out and bought my own but i will definitely make use of the ones they're giving me as well um, so you got to utilize everything, uh, mobile, mobile ordering, um, people can simply even call or text our phone lines and we put the orders in for them. And we use like a Google voice system to, to kind of, uh, facilitate that. And I have the Google voice tied to every single person's phone. If you're working, it's tied to your phone. Right. And Are those people complain. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying that it's tied to everybody's phone. So are you doing private events as well and this goes for all three of your locations or is i i don't know the, all the mandates down there but are you able to do private events still um i am so the mandates down here is basically state that um restaurants can operate at full capacity as long as they're social distancing okay. and um we must stop alcohol sales at 10 p.m okay. uh that does not truly affect my restaurants because we shut down at 10 mm -hmm. anyway um since the pandemic started, we started shutting down at 10 o'clock. The club, it definitely affects the club being culture lounge. Um, nobody comes out before 10 o'clock. Right. So um, in the summertime, it helped. I mean, when it first started, it was easier because it was Marchish, And the right. weather was starting to warm up. We had the outdoor space. People mm -hmm. come sit out on the patio. Works fine. Now it's getting colder. Even with the space heaters, people don't want to come out. It just right. business slows up when it, when it gets colder. Um, so I mean it's a it's a robot. This is our first time dealing with it, just like everyone else. Right. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna learn from what happens. You know, we're gonna try and do the best that we can. Um, you know, we're trying to push happy hour and we'll probably start uh incorporating uh I don't know if you guys do them up there, but the silent parties. Yes, I've gone to a couple of those. Did, okay, did you so, enjoy that? Yeah, I've never been to one. It was interesting. That they, they are a huge success down here. Yeah. Really. Uh, the people come flying from California and they do it. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they were doing it once a month prior to the pandemic, but now. Wait, um, so people are flying all the way from California to, to dance with, to in their headphones. They're flying from the people who organ the organizers, the people who oh, own the company okay. fly down from California and they do the parties here. They do them. They Got fly it. around from location to location and they do it. Um, they've had huge success with us. 
even though we have a small venue, um, they've had huge success to the point where they come down once a month and do it. So it must be financially worth it for them. Yeah, that's what's up. I just think I, that's what's always I've always admired about entrepreneurs. Like you just got to get crafty with it, and you have to shift yes. with what's going on because you never know what life is going to throw at you. And most of the times, it's things that's out of your control anyway. And it really shows to your true testament of an entrepreneur, as a creative, that you are able to shift with what's happening. So I think that's super dope. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. You have to definitely be on your toes and be ready to adapt. And you know. Uh, only thing constant in life is change. Sure. And those who don't adapt fail, you know? Right. That's a gem. See, you see why he's my inspiration? You see a gem <laughs> all the time. So can we talk about, and and honestly, I know you're not an expert, but in my mind, you're an expert. Can we talk about money and investments and <laughs> how and how we move and shake in regards to kind of um, our money and where we put it? And I know I text you all the time about stocks. Yes. I <laughs> love some stocks. <laughs> um stocks are new to me as of 2020 i learned i started self-teaching my teaching myself uh or self-learning on in march when the when the country shut down okay i was bored and i you know started dibbling and dabbling to start with a hundred bucks and then that hundred slowly to changed to 500 to a thousand and then i i set a goal to kind of make some money i started watching things and watching trends and that money has just started growing and developing and I've joined a couple of uh, social media groups um, online where they do nothing but talk about stocks, believe mm-hmm. it or not. And I've learned a tremendous amount from them. What are they? Please share. Cause I've been the same way, like a, a couple of years now I've been dibbling and dabbling and trying to learn and, you know, making some mistakes with stocks, but, you know, making some good um, investments with it. Like what, what are some of those social media things that you follow if you don't I will care, I, no will. I don't mind I, I'll send them to you they're on they're on Instagram um yeah. and one is called like the stock group and another one is a group like a, a group set up and these guys just only talk about stocks all day every day sure. what they're doing different exercising stock options which ones are you know doing early calls I mean I've learned a tremendous amount they they they, they share their successes their failures I mean everything so yeah, yeah. and I, I we add people to the group all the time and I mean, it's usually the same eight or nine people talking, but for the most part, it's so many people in that group and everyone listens. Yeah, I, please do. Because I think that's it's so important that black people understand the stock market because that's how you really see some money and that's how you really make some changes happen. And that's how you, Absolutely. you know, all the that that stimulus check that we got, you know, it yep. really just went towards these big businesses. And, and that's that right. really affected the stock market and like people and right. you, you came in and started learning about it at such a pivotal moment because it, this is right. the right time to be investing in money. Like when you we right. see the stock, I mean, we see that we're going to a recession, all this stuff, but this is actually the time when you're supposed to be investing right. money and Absolutely. looking into real estate and things like that. So you've already ahead of the curve. Absolutely. <laughs> this is the prime time to do it. You're right. Absolutely right. And- and Jerry, you you touched upon it because let's talk about real estate, broham. <laughs> you know, I just got my license, so I'm now a real estate agent. Congratulations Congrats. on that! Congratulations on that! Huge success on that. So tell, I mean, and I know you've been doing this for years too. Do you how many investments, or I don't want to say investments, how many um, properties do you have now? I have now eight properties and three commercial spaces. False. <laughs> like tug a pause in there so are do you have a property management uh 
company that you use or do you, did you kind of, what are the hurdles for that? Cause I know that's a whole uh, separate. I've been blessed. I've been blessed um, with that thus far. I manage everything myself. Um, I'm a firm believer. Some people try to take shortcuts and try to band-aid solutions. I don't, I, I'm all about just putting the money into it. I'll, I'll suck it up, put mm -hmm. the money into it. And then I don't have to worry about it for an ill, ill coast for a couple of years. It's, it's nothing wrong with either way. Huh? But how you are running the Navy, you got three restaurants, they're not running, but you know what I mean. And now yeah, you got yeah. what, eight, how many properties you say he has? How eight, eight can you do it? <laughs> the the properties, like I said, I just put the money into them. Like, for example, I had a leak at one of them and the leak just kept coming back for like two years straight. This tenant has been a great tenant. I don't, you know, she doesn't complain much, but when she has a problem, she calls me. So she had a problem. The leak kept coming back. I said, you know, what? I'm just gonna get the roof replaced. And the roof had been it was already eight, 10 years old, over 10 years old. I was like, you know what? It's time for me to get the roof replaced. Anyway, I sucked it up and paid the seven grand and got the roof redone. And no problems again. And I haven't talked, this tenant hasn't had a problem in three years now. She's been there five years. Yeah. Wow. You know, so, and she's a perfect tenant. She's 55 or 60 years old, no kids, no husband, no animals. She takes care of my place. You know, I have no complaints with her. So what made you, I honestly remember when I graduated, college you came to my graduation and we were taught you were mm -hmm. talking about what I was going to do and I think that was like kind of the beginning of like uh GED and all that stuff that y'all y'all were doing so mm -hmm. what made you like sow the seed of like I want to I want to own properties I want to open up you know because again you already have a full-time job that's you know good yeah. what made you expand to all these other avenues uh to make it through college financially i used to have to go throw parties like that was right. let me just let me backtrack when i got to college it was college was one of the best experiences in the world for me and not because of what i what i learned in college but because of well let me rephrase not because of uh what i got in terms of my education but because of what i learned on how to interact with people how different people from different areas how they how to you know just taught me how to mingle help my social skills and everything else um as a result of that when I first got there, you know, everyone wanted to join the fraternity and all stuff, but I just wanted to, you know, same, like, same thing, but my grades weren't, I've never been, you and, and Elise have always been the smart one. So uh, I knew the, the grades weren't going to allow me to be any part of fraternity or any type of Greek organization. So I started working with an organization called the um, Coalition of Young Black Professionals, CYBP. It was a coalition of young black professionals. And what, it, what they did was every year, they had these two events. One was called a white party, one was called a black party, but it was professional. You had to come in formal wear. But they, I used to, because I was so socially involved on campus, they used to let me sell tickets and promote the events myself. Well, that turned into me promoting parties for my own benefit eventually. Um, from there, when I graduated, I saw that the money was, you know, realistically, it was under the table money. And it was like, all right, well, I can get a quick $1,000, $2,000 from doing a one night party, you know? So I put a team of guys together that I went to college with and we we, we started doing it. And uh, that's where GD started. So we started doing parties with no real intent, you know, just saying, hey, we're, we're doing parties to get some extra coins. And uh, eventually we saw a, a, a headway like, hey man, this is kind of beneficial. We could, you know, at some point we started realizing how much money we were making every week. You know, when it got to a point where I was making $2,500 a week from doing, you know, a party every Friday and every Saturday night. We're like, well, let's see how much further we can get with this. You know, yeah. despite 
I had club owners tell me, you don't want to get into club ownership. It's, it's a headache. You know, you lose so much money. Every single club owner that we were doing parties at their clubs were telling me this. They were charging me for the venue. I was making my money at the door and, you know, selling VIPs and stuff. And then the club owner was telling me, ah, oh, don't do it, man. Believe me, it's a headache. Look at this. I got to pay these bills. Come to file, they were telling you that because they don't want the competition. Right. Which is why I say, don't ever let somebody tell you no. Hmm. So we got to ownership and realized that ownership is 10 times better than just doing a promoter, you know, being a promoter. There's a lot more liability, but just 10 times better. Right. And uh, that opened up other doors, man. When I when I started owning a club, my first club, uh, I'm in Virginia, and we have a lot of uh, athletes like anywhere else that go, are going to the professional leagues, you know, NFL, uh, NBA. So because of my ownership, they would come to me and say, hey, I'm about to go into the league. Prior to them coming into the league or whatever, they were going – Hey, I'm about to go into the league. You know, I want to do a party with you. I show them love. As a result, when they come back, once they make it to the league, they come back and party every time. They know everybody wants to show off. That's what that's what it is. That's what clubbing and partying is about. Showing off. It's literally a rope I put on the middle of the floor. You step on one side of the rope, and I'm charging you X amount of hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars to stay on this side of the rope. <laughs> that's all it really is. Right. Right. Facts. <laughs> this side of the rope. They party for free. This side of the rope, you're paying me a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars a party. And all you're doing is sitting on some couches. That's the only extra thing that you get. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. The same bottle of liquor that costs thirty dollars in, in, in the liquor store, I'm charging you four hundred dollars for the same bottle. Hmm. And so, the liquor store is directly across the street from me. <laughs> <laughs> but people like people like the experience. So I feel like it it, it gives you're your- paying for. You're paying for the experience. I don't want to dumb it down. You're paying for the experience. You're paying for the ambiance. You're paying for people to see you spending money and look luxurious and 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 do what you do. Right. All, all the things it, that don't put money back in your pocket, but right. <laughs> At this age, I don't do that anymore. You know, right. there are rare occasions. You know, when you're celebrating like a birthday or a success, of course, I, absolutely. I've gone. I won't lie and tell you I haven't been to DC. And spent seven thousand dollars before, you know, on a on a on a VIP section. Not on purpose, but I've done it, you know. Um, but ultimately, those are bad investments. <laughs> so, you know, um, I guess my question for you is: you have obviously you have two children, beautiful children. Mm-hmm. What is um, the legacy that you want to leave behind for them? Whether it be financial, I want, or- I want them. I want them to work for everything, just like we are. Right. I don't want, I'm not, I don't want to hand them anything, not, not out the gate. You know, they're going to have things secured and set up for them, but I want them to earn it. I don't want, I need them to know the value of, 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 of earning a dollar. Um, I know I, I read a lot. Um, and I've read so many books on, um, just social injustice and things that we've had to deal with us being African-Americans and how far we've come thus far. Um, I definitely want to make sure they have everything they need. You know, example, um, a lot of, and I don't want to say black people, but a lot, I'm just going to say because that's my thoughts. Mm-hmm. A lot of black people do not um, pay for their kids like college, as an example. Um, and we, we send our kids into the, to, to college. They get $100,000 in student loan debt to come out to make a job, get a job making $30,000 or $40,000 a year. Um, and now you're paying this debt with that little bit of income, you know? Um, and then one of the books I'm reading, I just finished reading, um, 
it, it gave plenty of examples about how uh, black people do that. And then they, uh, they set the kids up and then they, you know, after the college, it's like, all right, you're on your own with all this debt right. versus a white person who will either pay for their kid's college or percent a great portion of their kid's college, send them to college. And when they graduate, set them up. Hey, I'm going to co-sign for you. Let's buy you a brand new car. Let's buy you. I'm going to help you buy your first house. Keep this for 10 years. We're going to pay this and then send them on their way. It's just setting them up with the right, right steps. So to answer your question, I want to set my kids up with, I want to leave them. When I leave this place, when I leave this earth, I want to make sure that they have um, money left for me in terms of um, insurance. I want to make sure that they have properties. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to do the, make the best decisions with it because we never know what the best decision really is. Right. But I want to make sure that these commercial properties I have, they're going to be left, these commercial properties. You know, this real estate I have, they're going to be left this real estate. Um, and whether they decide to sell it because they don't want to be entrepreneurs or whether they decide they want to hold on to it, you know, that's on them. But the money, the fund, the money that or the, the assets that will be available to them, I want to make sure that they are good. You know, I want I want to sit out in this world without having something left to them. Generation so, well. Yeah, appreciate it. So I think, you know, we just want to know where we can follow you, your restaurants. I don't know if each one of them have their own individual uh, social media, but share where we can follow you, your, your stuff, all your stuff. Uh, my Instagram is GED underscore Larry. Uh, all the restaurants have their own Instagram as well. Uh, it's Culture Lounge, which is the club. It's uh, Culture Lounge at Culture Lounge 757. Uh, Cork and Company is my wine martini bar. It's a high-end wine, wine, high wine and martini bar. Uh, and that has an Instagram page. It's called at Cork and Co. C-O-R-K, the letter N, C-O, 757. And then uh, Canvas. Is Canvas Social Cuisine is my new restaurant that just opened up this week, and that's Instagram is Canvas Cuisine seven five seven. And all of these are located in Virginia. All of these are located in Virginia. I'm getting down there when all this shit is over, and I'm doing a tour. I'm gonna start at one, then go to the next. Please do and go to the other. Please do. Let me know when you come to town, man. I'll make sure I'll show you a good time, man. Food I'll is show a you a good time. I I haven't been yet, so I'm gonna come as well. well. We gotta Please. go. We gotta take a trip. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, with the new the new restaurant, the the food is amazing. It's uh, the Canvas Social Cuisine is a soul food restaurant with a twist of Caribbean. Yes. Okay. So it is amazing. That I've never been excited about a food menu in my life, and I'm excited about the. After we did the taste testing last week, I had one of everything. I mean, the menu is exciting. I can't ready. I'm I'm ready already. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for Abraham, as always. You're always an inspiration. I'm excited for all your new business endeavors. Um, you thank know, you, thank you. This is just the beginning. I know more is to come. So thank you for coming on our podcast. This is another episode of Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions. I'm Jared White. This is Shannon Reynolds. We'll, we'll see you guys next time. Larry, thank you so much and congratulations. Thank you. Thank guys. you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Not Your Enemy Speak Out Sessions. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at VisionaryCCB and who is Tim K. Interested in purchasing apparel? Visit VisionaryCCBStore.com. Until next time, step out, step in, and step up.